Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Amos chapters three through five. God never delivers judgment without giving us an out. Throughout the Bible, God gives us explicit commands and instructions on how we are supposed to worship him and behave towards other people. Given that, when these commands are broken, there must be judgment. Nevertheless, God, though he is just an affair God, always gives us an out, a chance to repent, a chance to say, I'm sorry, I know I did wrong, please forgive me. If we come to him with sincere repentance, he will forgive us. Otherwise, we must face punishment. In these next chapters of Amos, God tells the people everything they've done wrong. Then he gives them a chance to repent, the out. Let's dig in. We're in Amos chapter 3. Listen to this message that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the entire family I rescued from Egypt. From among all the families on the earth, I have been intimate with you alone. That is why I must punish you for all your sins. Witnesses against guilty Israel. Verse 3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Think about that. Two people can walk together without agreeing on the direction. So you can't walk with God if you want to go in one direction and, and he says to go to in the other. Verse four, does a lion ever roar in a thicket without first finding a victim? Does a young lion growl in its den without first catching its prey? Does a bird ever get caught in a trap that has no bait? Does a trap spring shut when there's nothing to catch? When the ram's horn blows a warning, shouldn't the people be alarmed? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has planned it? Hmm. Some questions you think about. You know, go, go back and take a look at these questions. Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared, 
So who isn't frightened? The sovereign Lord has spoken, so who can refuse to proclaim his message? Announce this to the leaders of Philistia and to the great ones of Egypt. Take your seats now on the hills around Samaria and witness the chaos and oppression in Israel. May people, my people have forgotten how to do right, says the Lord. Their fortresses are filled with wealth taken by theft and violence. Therefore, says the sovereign Lord, an enemy is coming. He will surround them and shatter their defenses. Then he will plunder all their fortresses. This is what the Lord says. A shepherd who tries to rescue a sheep from a lion's mouth will recover only two legs or a piece of an ear. So it will be for the Israelites in Samaria lying on luxurious beds and for the people of Damascus reclining on couches. Now listen to this and announce it throughout all Israel, says the Lord, the Lord God of heaven's armies. On the very day I punish Israel for its sins, I will destroy the pagan altars at Bethel. The horns of the altar will be cut off and fall to the ground and I will destroy the beautiful homes of the wealthy, their winter mansions and their summer houses too, all their palaces filled with ivory, says the Lord. Amos chapter four, Israel's failure to learn. Listen to me, you fat cows living in Samaria, you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy and who are always calling to your husbands, bring us another drink. The sovereign Lord has sworn by his holiness, the time will come when you will be led away with hooks in your noses. Every last one of you will be dragged away like a fish on a hook. You will be led out through the ruins of the wall. You will be thrown from your fortresses, says the Lord. Warning, warning. Go ahead and offer sacrifices to the idols at Bethel. Keep on disobeying at Gilgal or the, the New King James Version says, multiply your transgressions or your sins. And, and that's gonna be a point a little bit. Offer sacrifices each morning and bring your tithe every three days. Present your bread made with yeast as an offering of thanksgiving. Then give your extra voluntary offering so you can brag about it everywhere. This is the kind of thing you Israelites love to do, says the sovereign Lord. I brought hunger to every city and famine to every town, but you still would not return to me, says the Lord. I kept rain from falling when your crops needed it the most. I sent rain on one town, but withheld it from another. Rain fell on one field while another field withered away. People staggered from town to town looking for water, but there was never enough. But still you would not return to me says the Lord. I struck your farms and vineyards with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured all your fig and olive trees, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I sent plagues on you like the plagues I sent on Egypt long ago. I killed your young men in war and led all your horses away. The stench of death filled the air, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I destroyed some of your cities as I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Those of you who survived were like charred sticks pulled from a fire, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. 
Therefore, I will bring upon you all the disasters I have announced. Prepare to meet your God in judgment, you people of Israel. For the Lord is the one who shaped the mountains, stirs up the winds, and reveals his thoughts to mankind. He turns the light of dawn into darkness and treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord God of heaven's armies is his name. Amos 5, a call to repentance, a.k.a. the out. Listen, you people of Israel, listen to this funeral song I am singing. The virgin Israel has fallen, never to rise again. She lies abandoned on the ground with no one to help her up. The sovereign Lord says, when a city sends a thousand men to battle, only a hundred will return. When a town sends a hundred, only ten will come back alive. Now this is what the Lord says to the family of Israel. Come back to me and live. Don't worship at the pagan altars at Bethel. Don't go to the shrines in Gilgal or Beersheba. For the people of Gilgal will be dragged off into exile and the people of Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Come back to the Lord and live. Otherwise he will roar through Israel like a fire, devouring you completely. Your gods in Bethel won't be able to quench the flames. You twist justice, making it a bitter pill for the oppressed. You treat the righteous like dirt. It is the Lord who created the stars, the uh, Pleiades and Orion. He turns darkness into morning and day into night. He draws up water from the oceans and pours it down as rain on the land. The Lord is his name. With blinding speed and power, he destroys the strong, crushing all their defenses. How you hate honest judges. How you despise people who tell the truth. You trample the poor, stealing their grain through taxes and unfair rent. Therefore, though you built beautiful stone houses, you will never live in them. Though you plant lush vineyards, you will never drink wine from them. For I know the vast number of your sins and the depth of your rebellions. You oppress good people by taking bribes and deprive the poor of justice in their courts. So those who are smart keep their mouths shut, for it is an evil time. Do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. Then the Lord God of heaven's armies will be your helper, just as you have claimed. Hate evil and love what is good. Turn your courts into true halls of justice. Perhaps even yet the Lord God of heaven's armies will have mercy on the remnant of his people. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of heaven's armies says. There will be crying in all the public squares and mourning in every street. Call for the farmers to weep with you and summon professional mourners to wail. There will be wailing in every vineyard for I will destroy them all, says the Lord. Warning of the coming judgment, verse 18. What sorrow awaits you who say, if only the day of the Lord were here, you have no idea what you are wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. In that day, you will be like a man who runs from a lion only to meet a bear. Escaping from the bear, he leans his hand against a wall and is bitten by a snake. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless without a ray of joy or hope. Whew. 
I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. Was it to me you were bringing sacrifices and offerings during the 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? No, you served your pagan gods, Sakath, your king god, and Kaiwan, your star god, the images you made for yourself. So I will send you into exile to a land east of Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of heaven's armies. Are you ignoring God's warning? Have you ever watched a TV show or a movie and you see the leading character walking into an obvious trap? Have you ever caught yourself yelling at the screen, no, don't go in there, it's a trap. But the person walks in there anyway and is caught, gets into a fight or something much worse. That is what Amos is trying to do with the people of the Northern Kingdom of Israel. Time after time, verse after verse, God explained what people should do and not do. He laid it out plainly since he led the Israelites out of Egypt. You can read it in the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and I've got Bible studies on each of those. You can click on over to my blog and click on each of those links and check those out. These, all, these include the Ten Commandments, which Jesus conveniently packed into two new commandments. Those dealing with our relationship with God and those dealing with our relationships to other people. And I've done um, uh, two articles on those, on, on how that all works with um, uh, Jesus's new um, uh, two main commandments. God hates religion. Pastor Sandy Adams explained uh, chapter four, verses four through five as a parody on their religious rituals. Okay, so, and I can quote, I'm, I'm reading from his sermon notes that I got from his website. Imagine being at Bethel. The word Bethel means house of God. And this city had a rich history of encounters with God. It was in Bethel that Abraham built an altar to God, and it was here that Jacob saw the ladder ascending into heaven. But sadly, it was also at Bethel that Jeroboam, first king of Israel, the two kingdoms, had set up one of his idolatrous altars. It was at Bethel that the people entered into false worship. They were bowing to a graven image in the name of the God of Israel. Now imagine we're at Bethel on the day of a sacred feast. Streamers are blowing in the wind, banners are unfurled, the streets are lined with decoration. Everyone is dressed to the hilt in a festive mood. We're waiting for the priest to open the ceremony with a traditional call to worship like that that's found in Psalm 95, verses 6 through 7, that reads, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his land. Well, the priest is about to open his mouth when suddenly we hear the voice of Amos thunder the words, Come to Bethel and transgress. Multiply transgression. That's why I mentioned that in the passage, because the New King James translation has the word transgress, and we have um, uh, uh, sin, you know, or you know, transgressions. Uh, 
The Hebrew term transgress means to break off. Its meaning is close to our word mutiny. Collier's Encyclopedia has an interesting definition for the word mutiny. It reads, simple disobedience or refusal to obey an order is mutinous. But no such single act of insubordination could be said to have flowered into full mutiny. A mutiny involves the intention to kill, displace, or continuously defy the officer. Unless we become overburdened with guilt, realize a single act of disobedience is a sin, certainly, but it stops short of idolatry. Sin is a violation of a command. Whereas idolatry is an organized, premeditated attempt to usurp the authority of the commander. The nation Israel was guilty of disobeying the commands of God, but far worse, they had organized a system of religion that usurped the authority of God. <sighs> usurped the authority of God. Isn't that what the Pope does with his papal authority and infallibility? And I done an art. I did an article on that. I did a whole study on on the Church and its and where it diverted from the truth and um, what the original Church of like Acts, you know, the Book of Acts and the New Testament is the Catholic Church. Here's something to think about. Would God approve of your church's worship services? Why do you attend the church you attend? Obligation, robotic ritual, your family's religion, entertainment, it makes you feel good? Those sacred feasts or religious festivals remind me when I lived in Puerto Rico. Each town, village, or city had a patron saint. Each saint had a feast day. All it was was an excuse to party. As I was doing research for my novel, I had to look into Roman gods and each Roman city had a patron god and each god had a feast day, which is why I wrote an article that's in my blog and you can click on over, it's called So Many Gods and there's a link, there's a link to it um, in the blog, which is the link to that is in the show notes. All God wants is to get your attention. That's all he wanted back then, and that's all he wants right now. Back then, it was with famines, droughts, and plagues. It's the same today. Each act of God is a call for you to turn to him, not the government. Furthermore, you must get on your knees and say, I'm sorry, God. I know I've sinned. Please forgive me. I promise not to sin anymore. So what wake-up calls are you ignoring? The Apostle Paul wraps it up nicely in Romans chapter 1. And I have a study in the whole book of Romans that you really should look at. So Romans 1, starting at verse 28. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, 
they encourage others to do them too. Life cannot be controlled and God cannot be escaped. No one can outrun God. You can run, but you can't hide. Ignore the warnings at your own risk. If you ignore the warnings to repent, you will either go to hell when you die or be left behind at the rapture, whichever comes first. No one is promised tomorrow. Even if you do survive the rapture and still don't repent, you have to survive the great tribulation. John the Revelator wrote in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, starting verse 17. Oops, I got that wrong. Um, and in my vision, I saw the horses and the riders sitting on them. The riders wore armor that was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. The horses had heads like lions and fire and smoke and burning sulfur billowed from their mouths. One third of all the people on the earth were killed by these plagues, by the fire and smoke and burning sulfur that came from the mouths of their horses. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails had heads like snakes with the power to injure people. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their witchcraft or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Revelation 9, 17 to 21. What is the day of the Lord? Well, I have a video in the blog, at the bottom of my blog, that explains it perfectly. So the question is, are you ready to meet God today? You may just meet God today. What are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And again, check out the video at the bottom. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready?
Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.